TopplessRobot.com presents... Dude, Luke, the printer's still busted, man. What the fuck? Everybody, welcome to episode 125 of the Topless Robot Podcast. My name is Ryan. I'm Brooks. I'm Dan. And uh, we're just going to get it out of the way at the top. Gina Carano. Uh, many will call her a victim of cancel culture. I would like to remind those people that cancel culture is a myth. Uh, everyone who complains about cancel culture does so on platforms that are not afforded to the average American. These people cannot be canceled. It's not a possibility. And the fact that she, after being dropped by uh, LucasArts um, or Lucasfilm, uh, immediately got an offer to star in and produce a film with The Daily Wire is further proof that she has not been canceled. Her Freedom of speech has not been infringed upon. She still has her platforms. She's not going anywhere. Her career isn't going anywhere. That's Mm -hmm. And whether you all like it or not, social media platforms are privately owned companies. And also she violated her contract. And that would get you fired from any job. Yep. Yes. Uh, as I'm going to go make wild stars, blackjack and hookers. <laughs> it's been a long, you know, uh, done thing that uh, it's been long known that Disney has morality clauses in their contracts. And I'm not even saying that I agree to those morality clauses. I think that some of that shit gets a little ridiculous. But in so... Here's the thought process. Conservatives advocate for a free market and tell us all to vote with our dollars. That leads businesses like Disney to try and get ahead of anything that could be considered controversial to prevent us voting with our dollars on their products. So in doing so, they have morality clauses in their contracts with their entertainers, with their performers to prevent to to basically be free and able to cut that contract before it gets to a point where public opinion votes with their dollars in the free market that conservatives love so very much. And this is what happens. That's that's just the consequence of this system that is applauded by the right. Moral of the story, people only like when you vote with your money if you vote for the things they want you to vote for. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. And uh, um, well, she's been a big old baby about it. So, well, and it doesn't help that, like, she knew what she signed. You know, like, that's not a surprise. That shouldn't be a surprise. And honestly, if a company is giving you millions of dollars, just shut the fuck up on public platforms uh, when it comes to to opinions like that's That's just that. You know, you're, you've got the dream. You're in the Star Wars universe. Like, can't you just shut the fuck up and and not, yeah. like, 
go blasting on Twitter in uh, transphobic rants, anti-mask rants, QAnon rants, and now anti-Semitic rants. Now, to be fair, I will say I don't think that what she posted specifically is anti-Semitic, as people have been calling it anti-Semitic. It is, again, a very common uh, false comparison of the plight of the Holocaust era Jews with the unpopular opinion, you know, today. So I don't I don't think that that's anti-Semitic. I think to a certain extent, it doesn't like it. It downplays the severity of what actually happened in Nazi Germany. Because the two the comparison it doesn't float and it's it just feeds into the the right-wing victimhood that is so prevalent these days um, i don't get it it's it's just so Snowflakes. it's just so like weak you know like for this this whole like um message of strength that they you know pe- people with opinions like that try to portray and and how they see themselves it's just like so like lame and underwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And Disney historically actually tries not to fire people when they are in breach of the morality clause, like firing, breaking that contract is a last option. As we've seen in the past, there have been plenty of people who have been in violation of the morality clause and Disney doesn't get rid of them. Um, People are like arguments that I've seen from people on the right are saying that it's because she's a woman. And no, it's because she Uh, broke her fucking contract several times. She violated her morality clause and they warned her about it several times. So this was. The final straw, usually uh, Disney, there's a history established history of Disney approaching someone who breached their morality clause and uh, that person is asked to issue an apology. They do. And that's the end of it. That's the end of the story. It ends there. They continue their employment and that's fine. But Gina Carano couldn't do that. She was asked to apologize for her transphobic tweets and she refused. Um, she, uh, continued to post things that skirted that line and received several warnings from, uh, Lucasfilms. So like, it's just this victimhood mentality where, you know, uh, they love to say that it's thought control, that it's, uh, uh, you know, violation of free speech, motherfucker, her speech hasn't been infringed upon. And since the conservative right fight so much for the fact uh, that corporation, corporate, you know, personhood, then to be against Lucasfilm's right to terminate that contract, they're against corporate personhood because Lucasfilm has every right to not be associated with that. That's their freedom of speech and freedom of expression. Yep. Corporations, man. Freedom of speech is not freedom from consequence. Yes. I don't know how many times this has to be repeated, but people still don't fucking get it. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. 
Uh, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, and never mind that, like, you know, freedom of speech basically means you can't get thrown in jail for criticizing your government. Like that's, that's the long and the short of it. Yeah. You know, and people who think that their free speech has been violated or, or the, you know, things like that have literally never seen what, you know, suppressed speech looks like. Also, hate speech is not protected under the First Amendment. So, uh, you know, if you think it is, you're stupid. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. It's been pretty well established by now that it isn't for a long long time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, (laughs) it's not like it's not like we came we came to this conclusion and voted on it like, you know, last November or anything like that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) These are established things. We can't say bad things now. (laughs) fuck dude think of it this way like i remember when i was working at comp usa ages ago and i i had friends who worked at best buy um you could get fired for behaving poorly while wearing uh while you were identifiable as as an employee whether that's on the clock or off the clock if you are wearing something that uh indicates that you are affiliated with that company and you behave poorly in public, uh, then you will lose your job because anytime that anyone can look at you and view you as a representative of an organization, that organization has every right to, to say you're not representing the company well and, uh, uh, terminate your employment. That that's just that it's been that way for fucking decades. Yeah, and some uh, places, unfortunately, take that even farther where they hit you with uh, if you run into somebody who knows that you work at this place, even if you're not in uniform and you do something that they don't like, they can just tell your manager and say, hey, this person who works for you did this off the clock. You should fire them. Yeah, they'll do it. Yep. Yeah, I had to go to the ER once when I was working at Chick-fil-A a a thousand years ago. And um, like like my, my general manager took me. Uh, instead of like me getting a ride, <laughs> but uh, when we got in there, he was just like, "Hey, you need to take your badge off." When I got in there, because he and he pocketed my badge, so nobody wouldn't somehow not nobody would know that I worth working at Chick Fil A, even though my entire uniform was like screamed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I, I yeah, uh, yeah. I, I also got in trouble for saying things about my workplace on social media that were just like, you know, opinions and frustrations. And then my boss called me into the office once and was like, Hey, you know, do you really feel like this about this? You know, and like wrote me up for it and shit. It's dumb. Yeah. It's super dumb. (laughs) Yeah. You should be able to be, uh, uh, critical of your employer for sure. I think, um, yeah. But I, it's our it's our right as people to be critical of other people. <laughs> I, I especially, though, you know, understand, you know, when you're hiring someone who is a very public face of your company uh, and uh, uh, they don't portray your company very well. They don't represent your your company, you know, the values that that you've decided uh, as a company in order to survive in the free market. So people don't vote with their dollars and fucking knock you out. It all it it, it makes sense to do. Honestly, if Chick Fil A doesn't think you represent their image and their values very well, that's a compliment because they <laughs> yeah, <fucking suck. laughs> no kidding. 
This is true. But, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, anyway, that's, yeah, that's about all I've, I have to say about Gina Carano. Um, she has gone on to the Daily Wire to make uh, probably another shitty movie that mixes die hard with fucking school shootings. Yeah, she'll be fine. Even with just a touch of Christianity. She was <laughs> She was richer than I will ever be throughout the course of my entire life. And yep. she's only going to continue to get richer. I don't yep. feel any pity for anything that's happened to her. <laughs> uh she has become a a martyr for the right and uh that is an extremely uh profitable position to have. Oh yeah. Um Seriously, though, in that fucking that dumb fucking movie, that hide run fight, whatever the fuck the Daily Wire school shooting movie. Oh, yeah. There is actually genuinely I'm not kidding at all. A character in that movie named Anna Jellick. <sighs> Angelic. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's very creative and, and different of them to just intermix, you know, that into a school shooting. <laughs> I didn't even know what, what the movie was about. Jesus. <sighs> is her best friend... Is her best friend named Nevea? You got Angelic and Nevea. <laughs> it's... Uh, I mean, the, the whole movie is, you know, school shooting and... Uh, one you know lone person one girl who uh gets away and is actually like in the process of escaping when realizing wait a second my dad taught me how to shoot and so she goes back into the school to save her classmates yeah i wonder (laughs) if there's going to be a line in that movie where people go if only we had armed police officers in the schools this never would have happened if only every teacher had a gun (laughs) this is the future liberals wish to see (laughs) (laughs) oh man you know he ordered his female genitalia (laughs) um yeah uh fuck the daily wire fuck uh uh ben shapiro especially uh just yeah so fucking stupid anyway yep uh in other news this week um we got the title reveal uh teaser for uh sonic the hedgehog 2 which is coming out uh april 18th of next year um and the two in the logo has two little tails two little fox tails so it's you know pretty cool um, how would you want to bet knuckles is going to show up at the end of this one yeah right <laughs> probably i mean so knuckles does show up in in sonic 3 so that tracks that's what i'm saying um the music is very satisfying it was uh Fuck what Brooks used Emerald Hill Emerald Hill's own music and it just sounded very nice and very satisfying and very triumphant but no actual like footage or anything it was just kind of like a title card reveal teaser yeah what if what if now they use the original design <laughs> <laughs> that, that is so great 
<laughs> that would be amazing. Seriously, I'm mad that they don't have an original design cut. Like, look, we're getting the Snyder cut of Justice League. Give me the fucking mutant hedgehog cut of Sonic the Hedgehog. It's like, it's like, I want that as much as I want the butthole cut of cats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So that was uh, a nice surprise to see. Um, also, we had uh, a uh, another great episode of WandaVision. Um, again, no spoilers, but uh, that Malcolm in the Middle intro was fucking great. <laughs> I, I do love that show. Yeah. So I am, uh, there's four, three, three episodes left, I think, of WandaVision. Mm. So I am very excited to see where, where it ends up going. I sadly did not catch up this week. I, I kept getting distracted by other stuff. Yeah, you definitely need to catch up. Yeah, I'm not caught up either. I'm still on episode one. As in, you have watched episode one, or you have not watched it at all, which would not surprise any of us. It at all. Exactly, I was confused. <laughs> the second you were like, "Ah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just not caught up," I was like, "Wait, you're watching something?" No. <laughs> <laughs> um, this week also saw the release of uh, Super Mario Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury on the Nintendo Switch. Oh yeah. Bowser's Fury is a new game uh, entirely, uh, and it, it's a short kind of thing, but yeah. it's entirely new with kind of a combination of 3D World and uh, Mario Odyssey mechanics, and it's great. I have 100% completed it. Uh, I uh, beat it yesterday. And uh, it's a ton of fun. It is a very, very cool uh, change of pace with the open world with the different islands and and things like that. But the different different islands feel like their own levels in any other Mario game. Okay, I wonder if this is kind of a soft test of an open world. It seems that way. The so one thing that's kind of weird and a little op about it is uh you can basically every hundred coins you get a power up and that power up gets banked and you can bank up to five of every power up oh damn so that basically means it it kind of becomes your toolbox inventory where Mm -hmm. like you say you've got you know uh, firepower and you get to an area that you need the cat suit for you basically just fire that thing up and uh, uh, switch to the cat suit and it banks the firepower so you can switch back like you're not out oh. a power up at any point you're only ever out of power up if you get hit while using it okay so i do and don't like that uh since it is a lake world with islands uh, they give you Plessy uh, to ride around all of the time, anytime you want, in order to easily get from point A to point B, which is great. Um, and uh, the Bowser fights are 
really interesting and very, very satisfying. Uh, I especially it gives you the same sort of sense like when you're playing Katamari Damacy and you finally get to the point where you're rolling up continents and you realize like I was just you know I started out down there like and you're recognizing these places that were completely you know different because you were so much smaller when you were in them it gives you that same sort of vibe of like you know, seeing these islands that like it took you so long to get from point A to point B to climb up this whole damn thing. And now it's just this tiny thing on the battlefield of, you you know, where you're fighting Bowser. Okay. Looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's great. I, I really love it. Uh, it's only maybe a two hour experience if you're 100 percenting it. Uh, you can beat it after getting 50 cat shines, um, but there are 100 cat shines total. Uh-huh. So there are kind of two two endings. Um, when you go to do the final battle uh, with 100 cat shines, uh, the final battle is a little bit more intense of all the cat shines which is just code word for cat buttholes (laughs) do they shine i mean they stand out if you have a black cat it's true or if you did we lose dan uh you didn't lose me i was just lagging really bad for a bit there um (laughs) you uh if you get one of those uh jewel things that hang on the cat's tail then maybe their butthole mm-hmm. shines <laughs> dan's favorite topic i want to bedazzle my cat's butthole <laughs> so yeah <Bedazzle. laughs> and then uh super mario 3d world is super mario 3d world it's it's a lot of fun uh if you've played it before it's the same game it's a great you know great game as you would expect I noticed the dark cloud hovering above your head, Dan. Actually, it's very bright. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Dan, just always, always with a cloud over your head. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like that's the old old Zoloft commercial. (laughs) (laughs) So you were going to say 3D World? Yeah, it was just it was an awesome game. It was one of the few games I actually got to play on the Wii U before uh, my Wii U disappeared. Oh yeah, um, Wii U would like to play. <laughs> That's actually like a that was a surprisingly good game. I I thought I was gonna it's just another fucking Mario game. Like that's kind of how I felt about. Uh, Mario Bros. Wii. Yeah, uh-huh. I was okay. not big on that, and I I have that the re-release of that for the switch and i haven't gotten very far in it i'm just not big on that but the uh 3d world is is great i love 3d world i haven't played it it's good i I mean i like you should (laughs) yeah i'll just uh go go right on down there to my playstation and just you know fire up uh Fire up some Mario. Do you have a 3DS? Because I think it, it, it originally came out on 3DS before it got yeah, ported yeah, to Wii I, I have a 3DS. Mm, play it on yeah, 3DS. I, 
I could probably get a comfortable. But my games, <laughs> the only thing I've played on my th- on my 3ds in recent history is just I'm just burning through Final Fantasy IV again. Oh sure. Yeah, I need to uh, get back to uh, Chrono Trigger at some point. Uh, I got to that fucking that one boss fight, and it just dominated me. And I needed which, to set it boss? aside. Uh, the one in the on the floating cube thing. The floating cube thing. Yeah. Um. Mm. Wait, like. Floating cube thing. Yeah. In Are you are you in the sky? Yes. This this stage? Yes. Um Oh yeah. Yeah. I've been waiting so long to do that, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Um the it's like the you know, there's the sage or whatever who is exiled on the Oh oh um Dude with the hands. Yes. Oh yeah, that, that guy, uh, Hyper Gigas or something like that. Yeah, something I fucking stupid. hate that fight. Yeah, that one was that was difficult. It is very punishing uh, for sure. But you you got to make sure you get Robo on your team and equip the Doom Finger <laughs> because that's just the, the most brutal sounding. It's the most brutal sounding name for an arm attachment. <laughs> <laughs> Doom Finger. <laughs> Doom finger. <laughs> so, um, aside from that, uh, I'm trying to think. Oh yeah, uh, Dan uh, powered the fuck through Cyber Shadow last night. Oh wow, yeah. you did it! Like from How beginning to end. Uh, it was a really fucking good game. That was really, really well put together. Uh, it was challenging in all the right parts. And uh, the dashing slash got me killed a lot because I like going fast. <laughs> uh, yeah, they 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 really punish you for overusing the the abilities that you unlock. And Dan got that fucking dash and he was uh, ABD yeah. all day. And they okay, were like, well, nope. That's the thing, man. Slap. That's a good warning. That's a good warning because I, 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 I know I'm going to do that when I fire that shit up. Basically, I'm, what's going to happen is you load into the next level and there are spike hazards everywhere for you to fall into when you slash through enemies. So, uh, Oh, yeah. classic, classic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There yeah. are a lot of really beautiful... Uh, homages in in that game like it's very clear you know where they took influence uh from for a lot of different things like there's clearly the ninja gaiden influence uh without a lot of the garbage that comes along with ninja gaiden um there's clearly Mega Man influence uh contra influence like there's there's a lot going on uh in that game and it was ended up being much longer than i expected yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, if you uh, were to if you were to compare the length of Shovel Knight um, without without the 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 add on quests or anything like that, but the the original Shovel Knight, how uh, would you compare it to its length to Cyber Shadow? Pretty close, actually. I mean, Shovel Knight's not a super long game either. Yeah. Uh, 
I, okay. I honestly would say it'd probably take me a similar amount of time to be both of them. Yeah, because, yeah, well, I think, didn't you, it was like, what, probably four or five hours? Yeah, something like that. Of just trucking? Yeah, basically nonstop. I took like one break. Yeah. Um, but the game really, really opens up. Eventually, you get a direct upgrade to all of your power-ups, and that unlocks the double jump. And uh, once you get the double jump, all of the platforming sections are... A lot harder, but there's so much more fun. <laughs> yeah, it looked like a lot of fun. I was fucking starting to get real tired there, but I was I, I needed to see you beat that game. And so <laughs> I was like borderline delirious by the time you had beaten that uh, beaten the game. But I was just out of it. Especially because uh, I spent basically the entire last phase of the final boss fight one hit away from death and still managed to do it somehow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a very cool game. Uh, I am glad that I watched you play it because there's no way I am going to end up beating that game. After seeing like some of that later later game stuff, fuck that. <laughs> Yeah, you got to be willing to uh, deal with some frustration. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I one of my favorite games of all time is Celeste. I will play the fuck out of Celeste anytime, and I have beaten the hell out of Celeste. Uh, you know, I have no problem getting through that, and that has some very tough platforming. Um, but the stuff in Cyber Shadow is, like, more than just tough platforming. A oh, yeah. lot more than just tough platforming. Would you say it's, I mean, well, I guess a lot of Ninja Guidance platforming is tough, but not for the right reasons. Yeah. Um, The platforming in this is tough for the right reasons. And this game has a lot of like Ninja Guidance influence, but it's way more fairly designed than Ninja Guidance by a long shot. Well, I'm I'm excited to play it. I'm going to be getting it on Friday. Nice. That's payday. Yeah, you'll fucking love it. I guarantee it. Oh, I mean, uh, that game is worth it. I'm about that weird fucking sci-fi ninja story bullshit that it seems to be peddling in the trailer, and I, I love it. I'm oh, gonna yeah. eat All it up. Of, like the little cutscenes in the game are just the same style of cheesy cutscene as the original Ninja Gaiden and everything oh, yeah. like that too. So, I very love it. much. Super cool though. Um trying to think uh what else came i don't think anything huge came out over the past week i feel like we got a release date finally for something but i can't remember what it was we hit sonic i don't know yeah um uh, oh um i don't know if you nerds are into redwall but uh, Netflix is going to be doing a movie and a series. That's right. I heard about that. Uh, based on it. And that's going to be dope. Uh, the same dude that's, that, that did Over the Garden Wall. Yes. Uh, I remember seeing. I know seeing, it's going to be good. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Over the Garden Wall is awesome. Like, I watch it I watch it every year around Halloween. And uh, that's, that's a how rock much I like fact. It. That's a rock fact. <laughs> rock fact. Potatoes and molasses. um so i started uh watching a series a new sci-fi original uh that is based on a comic book 
called Resident Alien. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but my mom was texting me about it. There's three episodes out so far. It's Alan Tudyk. And uh, um, it's pretty great. Like, you know, I always give sci-fi shit for their originals. Like, their originals are garbage. It's, It's sometimes the best kind of garbage but not often usually i just i don't want to sit and watch a fucking sci-fi original this is genuinely well done well written well acted uh it is done in conjunction with amblin uh entertainment so um Mm. you know steven spielberg's uh production company um it's probably the highest quality thing that sci-fi has ever produced and that's saying a lot because most of their content is the the television equivalent of like a hungry man Salisbury steak meal. Yeah, it's it's basically it's ba- like sci-fi originals are basically like Hallmark Channel originals for sci-fi nerds. Yeah. it's like like it you know sometimes sometimes if you're in the right mood it'll hit the spot, but <laughs> most of the time you're disgusted by it and you move on. <laughs> yeah. Brooks needs both his Winter Prince and his Sharknado. <laughs> the, the Winter Prince NATO. <laughs> sometimes you want a Winter Prince. Sometimes you want sharks in a tornado. Actually, oh, no. I, it's all the I same generic handsome white guy. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> it's the vortex of the safety. <laughs> I'll tell you this though, I, I I prefer the the bad Hallmark movies to the bad sci-fi ones because at least I know what's going to happen in the Hallmark ones. You know, I don't have to pay attention too much. Those other ones, it's you I know, know. I mean, I'll you know, get like a cheap laugh out of a bad sci-fi movie instead of just hating the entire experience, yeah. like I would have a Hallmark movie. Yeah. Oh no, I I get cheap laughs out of Hallmark movies all the time. It's it's great. <laughs> I, I, to watch a lot of stuff like that growing up and so i always found something about it to entertain me yeah me too that was something uh one of my parents would constantly have on during the holiday season it'd be like christmas music and hallmark movies i'd walk down into the living room and just go uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i know Sounds well. about right but the those hallmark movies though like um so uh, timothy dalton right like when you think of timothy dalton what do you think of I think of, uh, fuck, uh, I think of Die Hard 2. Oh, wait. I mean, I have to that, look up who Timothy Dalton is. <laughs> he, he, was a James, he was a James Bond. Um, oh, sure. For, for, for a while, I, I thought, uh, oh yeah, he was in Flash Gordon. As Baron, Prince of Mongo. <laughs> uh, but I am remembering um, right, right? He was the bad guy in, in Die Hard 2, wasn't he? No, I he don't wasn't. Remember, because I haven't seen Die Hard two in a really long I'm time. I'm picturing him as a bad guy in something like. Uh, he was a bad guy in the Rocketeer. Yeah, that's not what I'm thinking about. He was the voice of Mister Pricklepants in Toy Story four. <laughs> well, I guess maybe my brain is just uh, mistaking him uh, in Hot Fuzz. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's this sh- shitty Hallmark movie called t- called Timeshare that like and for some reason I looked it up like on online uh, and it's I guess they also did a German dub of it or something. It's weird. Um, anyways, it, it's like the, the most cliche dumb romance novel shit, but it's 
I just sometimes get nostalgic for that like shitty like Saturday afternoon movie thing. And so around the holidays, that's why I watch that stuff. Oh, he was in uh, Penny Dreadful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still Man, need I, to give Penny Dreadful a, a fair shake. I've tried to start it so many times, and it looks like something that I would be super into, and I just never end up sticking with it. I, I watched the first episode, and like um, when I was working at, um, uh, I was working at this company doing internet, like third party internet and cable uh, sales for like places that weren't Arizona, essentially. And stars gave us all like advanced copies of the first episode so we could know and talk about it. Sure. To come promote the show. And that's the, all I've seen of it. So, I mean, that was pretty good. <laughs> I just never had stars. <laughs> yeah. I like the idea of it. You know, this whole like lore centric kind of thing and, and the Victorian pulp show. Yeah. Um, like like what what world of darkness sounds like to D D players <laughs> yeah pretty much but yeah well, um, world of darkness man <laughs> <laughs> someday i swear it um i don't even remember my character's name anymore <laughs> uh so oh, Dan, you're, a friend you're of lagging. mine uh, recently posted on uh, my uh, Facebook wall that Japan is making a remake of a Canadian classic horror film, Cube. Oh, yeah. I could not be more stoked for that. Like, Japanese horror is great, and so great, in fact, that we've had to rip them off on a number of occasions. Um, and I would absolutely love to see how that works out going the other way. Yeah, I I, I feel like Cube is one of those movies that they could easily pull off. Oh, yeah. Um, and seeing a remake I mean, of Cube in, you know, 2021 will be really interesting. Yeah, because there's enough, uh, there's enough enough effects uh, you can use for cheap. Yeah, I mean, plus Japan. So like, uh, it might just be kind of different too. I'm I'm excited to see where they go with it because like yeah. I don't really remember much about the movie, the story, as much as just the cube. Sure, you know, and like all the all the stuff in there. I don't remember why anyone's in there, but I just know that they're in there, and it's crazy. Yeah, uh, you're never told why they're in there. Oh, well, perfect. Then it works. <laughs> and uh, um, the way that they uh, determine if each segment is safe is, I think, the uh, they're all prime numbers The because there's numbers etched on the entry, entrance for each thing. And uh, the safe ones, they're all prime numbers. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. I am. <laughs> dumb yeah it's it, seriously cube is one of my favorite movie series cube and cube zero are great films cube two i could do without but cube and cube zero are outstanding cube squared so i'll be super stoked to see um how japan interprets that i think that that could be really cool it has a lot of potential 
The best thing since Turkish Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway. So what else happened this past week? I feel like uh, the Gina Carano thing <laughs> definitely stole a lot of the uh, thunder in the news uh, 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 well, this week. I know uh, neither of you play Final Fantasy XIV, but they did. If, uh, they finally announced the next expansion for that. So Jesus Christ, they're still developing out. for that. Oh yeah, dude. They, they they already said they're going to keep developing it as long as they continue to make enough money from subscriptions. Holy they have crap. no plans on stopping until people stop playing, uh, and that's because uh, Yoshi P, the guy who basically is like the lead developer for it, the project lead, everything. Uh, he said it's like his life's work. He wow. loves everything about it. Like this game has basically become his life. Um, so he'll keep doing it as long as they let him. Uh, new expansion looks like it's going to be really cool. Uh, they're bringing out new classes. And uh, it did come with one piece of news that made me very sad. Have I ever told you guys about the the Hildebrand quest lines in that at all? I feel it's like I've very, heard you mention them before. It's a very like shitty slapstick sense of humor quest line. Uh, oh, I, yeah, the, I vaguely remember yeah. you. Yeah. And there's one each expansion. It's this, uh, the gentleman of enquiry. He calls himself Hildebrand, Hildebrand Manderville. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, it's really stupid. All of the comedy is just, it's really, really funny to me. There's a dragoon who's an old man who jumps so high. He thinks he's died and gone to heaven and sees his wife again. Um, <laughs> Before he yes. plummets back down to earth. Okay. The zenith of comedy. Yeah, shit like that. Um, but they uh we're not getting a Hildebrand quest line for this current expansion. We have to wait until the next one comes out. Oh shucks. They were writing it and they said it wasn't, it wasn't up to their standards, so it wasn't up to nothing. their standards of comedy. It wasn't Hilda on brand. Ha ha ha. Yeah, I don't know. I'm uh, I'm pretty stoked for it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, he deserved it. Yeah, absolutely. As, uh, as, as somebody who basically plays healers in every game they're available, they're, put, they're putting another one out in the next expansion. So that's another thing for me to play. I'm, cool. I'm about it. He's making a heel turn. No. no. So you've made the cloud flash behind him. <laughs> oh no we've angered dan <laughs> i would also love to say that i've been playing neo 2 now that it's out on steam but i haven't purchased it yet i ain't got money <laughs> yeah yeah uh i eventually want to get uh the remastered collections for ps5 of uh neo 1 and neo 2 but not not digging on that $70 price tag uh, for uh, new games in this uh, generation. Okay, but you're, it's $70 for the first game and the second game? Yeah, I mean, that's fair, but My still $70. What a savings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember what we got the release date for. We finally got the release date for Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. Uh, that's coming out in oh, June. Okay. Um, I think it's June. And Never played any of those games. They're so good. I mean, it's Insomniac. Insomniac is a great uh, studio, mm-hmm. and uh, I like them. But... Their Ratchet and Clank games 
are always they always do a great job of showing off the capabilities of the new Sony console when it comes to like realistic cartoony graphics. I mean, shit, when Ratchet and Clank came out on the PS3, it already looked like an animated feature. They need to make them look frighteningly realistic with like realistic hair features. And those games are great, but none of them have done it for me the same way that Deadlock did. Ever since Deadlocked, every Ratchet and Clank game just makes me think of Deadlocked. <laughs> that's uh, especially if if that's something you ever want to play like with a friend because that was a full on like co op Ratchet and Clank game. Super worth it. That one was incredible. I, mm. I think I, I remember hearing about the, or seeing yeah. that release. Maybe June eleventh is the release for uh, uh, Ratchet and Clank. June 11th. Yeah, Deadline was a PS2 game, right? We're going. I'm pretty like, sure. Pretty far yeah. Back on this. Um, Deadlocked. Yes, PlayStation 2. Um, came out in 2005. Okay. It's interesting. Uh, Gerard, uh, the completionist, uh, recently did a uh, video on um, the second Ratchet and Clank. Because uh, he said that they like changed enough to like make it interesting, and basically, uh, most of the things that became series-wide staples originated in the second game. I don't think I ever played the second one, though. Going Commando, That's that was the second one. Yeah, I, I definitely I re- played that one. You're making me dig through these inactive brain cells that just <laughs> in my head. <laughs> Synapses are lighting up. He gave right. it he gave it his He gave it his completionist rating of complete it. Oh wow. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, I didn't end up getting into Ratchet and Clank until I think PlayStation 3 because it was just so very pretty. That and I played uh, Size Matters on the uh, PSP. But I've always liked I've always liked like the subtitles they've had for their games. Yeah. Insomniac is is a great studio and uh, those games are always well written. I guess uh, apparently in the first Ratchet and Clank, people thought that Ratchet was too mean to Clank, so they changed that character dynamic in in the second game and so he's nicer to clank and is played by a different voice actor and it has it's been the the same voice actor since the second game what a strange thing to to care about no 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 that's so weird to me I mean, I can kind of see it. He's too mean to Clank. <laughs> like, if you're... I don't want to spend hours, you know, controlling this dickhead who's treating his little robot companion yeah. like a piece Would of shit. Would you want to play Sonic if if Sonic was just, like... Berating Tails all the time. Tails <laughs> fucked up, he just goes and, like, kicks the shit out of him or something. You're talking to Dan. Yeah, Dan really? absolutely that would. That would probably, <laughs> probably make me laugh. <laughs> what are you doing, Tails? <laughs> God, that would be funny. Now it needs to be in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. He just needs to treat Tails like a piece of shit. (laughs) 
Look, I mean, he's a super genius, but he is like objectively the most bullyable character in the entire franchise. <laughs> yeah, he is, a, he is a pair of glasses. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he is a stack of textbooks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tails, Miles, Tails, pocket protector, Prower. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I'm excited for, uh, Rift Apart. Rift Apart looks really cool. I really like what they, they're kind of showing of this, uh, gameplay of like, you know, pulling you into other dimensions and it kind of changing the way you traverse the environment around you. Um, Mm -hmm. it, it really looks like it'll be an interesting gameplay element, so It'll be pretty cool. And fuck, dude, after Insomniac just knocking it out of the park with the Spider-Man games, you know, like Spider-Man. Trying to think what else. I can't. Mm. I can't. My brain doesn't work. (laughs) My brain just. The world is lame. Does not work. (laughs) Yeah. We are now in week 50-something of uh, the lockdown and pandemic. And actually, in exactly almost one month from today, it was the last day that the grid was open. Damn. Yep. It's wild. Fast approaching. Yep. Yeah. I woke up to that news after crashing at Brooks's place that night. I woke up on his oh, couch, yeah. pulled up my phone, and went, cool, I don't have a job. <laughs> <laughs> and it's yep. been downhill for my couch ever since. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, we Arizona's not going to be responsible for us, so we have to, you know, be yeah. responsible for Arizona. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Still aiming for that, looking looking for that three percent positivity rate, and uh, rates are dropping, uh, and it's looking hopeful. And there have been over a million vaccinated uh, in Arizona so far, uh, so uh, things are definitely looking hopeful. But uh, looking for that three percent when we when we chill at three percent for a while. Then we'll open limited capacity and and talk about, you know, how that's all going to work and and figure that out. But Arizona is not going to force us to do it. So. Oh, hell no. Yeah. You you have to take your own initiative in the state of Arizona because. uh, Yeah. Arizona, the bootstrap state. (laughs) Arizona statistically proved that it is the dumbest state in the fucking country. Maybe yeah. one of the dumbest places in the world. Isn't it 50th in education? No, we're or 49th, 49th or 48th in education, maybe? 48. 48th, yeah. No, it's it's 48 because because I make the joke about being state 48 in both <laughs> admission to the union and in, in education. Yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. Yeah. That's what I think about anytime I see somebody with like state 48 gear walking around. You know, like, yeah, <laughs> public Seriously, school. I, I, 
I just went to Florida recently. I drove all the way to Florida and I couldn't believe it when I had that revelation of, wow, I'm going to Florida and it is safer during a pandemic than Arizona, Florida. No, thanks to DeSantis. All the jokes about Florida, man. Yeah. Florida, man. Yeah. Here's to you, Florida man. <laughs> you who took your pants off and wrestled an alligator. <laughs> this bud's for you. <laughs> you who ate a homeless man's face off. You who turned your trailer home into a monster truck and jumped three buses. <laughs> you who taught your you cat to skydive. dick off and threw it at the cops to try and get them to stop chasing you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure that's an Arizona thing. <laughs> uh, you who stabbed someone with a katana on a bus. <laughs> you who. You who. But the the beverage, yep, and it's hot. So um, <laughs> we don't have Tyler and we don't have Kaylin this week. Both of them are doing Valentine's Poser Day stuff. things. <laughs> Fucking posers! But Tyler, <laughs> if you're watching this, I know you're probably not watching this right now. But if you're watching this when the the VOD releases, when when we release the episode proper, I have news. Oh, yes. This means that after a a brief stay at Dan's house, the Oculus Rift is going to Tyler's house, where he will be forced to play Phasmophobia (laughs) in VR while Dan and I laugh. He will cry. Yes. Plunging Tyler into a Moculus Rift... Where's my? There it is. Just the sweetest sound. It's just, it's so funny to me because of somebody who's played that game so much that anything about it that could be scary has been stripped away by, you know, running around in circles and running my mouth. <laughs> Tyler is motherfucker, going, motherfucker, he motherfucker, is motherfucker. Cry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tyler is almost certainly going to cry if he plays that game in VR. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Fantastic. I am looking forward to that. But yeah, um, I have been thoroughly impressed with the Quest 2 so far. Uh, it's amazing how far we've come uh, with regard to uh, VR in what feels like a pretty short time. Uh, it's been six or seven years um actually fewer than that because the original rift actually hit the market hit the consumer market after i moved out here so it was like 2015 no it would have been 2016 when it uh was available for purchase um and so in five years we're now you know on this which is a completely self-contained vr unit 
and it, we've gone from needing, you know, the the IR cameras for tracking and things like that to <laughs> just having cable you plug into the back of your fucking skull. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Closing your eyes and using your imagination. <laughs> but we've you know gone to having those cameras on on the headset itself and having it be a much more uh easy to manage and contained uh solution and in addition to this being largely self-contained it doesn't have to be self-contained you can uh run a cable from the headset to your computer and play pc vr games on it as well so it's it's just a very capable uh and good uh, good little headset i'm amazed uh by the advancements and like super uh looking forward to where we go from here it seems that apple will be in- entering into the vr field for apple vr apple they uh, apparently <laughs> they are um their headset is going to be like three thousand dollars so it's affordable oh totally uh 4k resolution for each eye and k resolution for both of your eyes they're apparently uh using fluid dynamics to uh adjust um the lenses so it's going to be cutting edge and they're it based on some of the patents that they've filed for they're going to be aiming for productivity use more than anything else. So some of the patents that they have like show um you know a, a document you're working on a document in VR in your $3000 VR headset. That sounds so cool. I want to do homework in in a VR. <laughs> I can't wait to do VR. This in VR. <laughs> Apple's oh, new VR headset designed specifically for your office worker. It's a much more humane environment where we simulate you being out in an open field instead of your cubicle for 12 hours straight. <laughs> but can it simulate my happiness? No. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, laugh all you want. Virtual workspaces are kind of great. I've got a VR. VR uh, uh, shit i was getting yeah never mind go ahead you know Sorry. uh that's beacon you know you know what you know what that <laughs> yeah you you fully deserve that one you fully yeah, deserve that i one. did i did well, unfortunately ryan you're talking to somebody to whom a virtual workspace will forever be impossible so uh yeah that's true kind of means nothing to me <laughs> whatever i'll uh, we'll strap you in after the podcast and uh have you go on vr chat and serve people virtual <laughs> beverages no, I can't wait to clean a vir- I can't. <laughs> I can't wait to clean a virtual bathroom. <laughs> but no, um so the I've got a virtual desktop app and uh, it is actually super comfortable to use because the resolution on the Quest 2 is very high, so it's a very clear image and it just connects to my computer and it's doesn't matter how big my my fucking monitor is because I can just make the screen that I'm looking at as big as I want it. Uh, and it's a, a it has a lot of potential of like you could set up virtual 
displays all around you and work on on several different things at once and not have to spend a ton of money on hardware in order to achieve the same thing in the real world. And after a 12 hour work shift, when you take your goggles off and both of your eyes are looking in these directions. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, after after 12 hours of uh, being away from the air, your face just <laughs> <laughs> you just have like the ring of where the goggles on is just this like desiccated. <laughs> <laughs> disgustingly pale hunk of flesh you're gonna have no, it, to come up with like it, it, what it's gonna have to be is like just a, a, a kind of like a spray tan but not as far as a tan just something that you go no no you, you see it, it'll be like when you go get your eyes checked and they 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 puff those little puffs of air onto your eyeballs uh the headsets of the, of the future are going to occasionally stimulate your eyeballs with puffs of random puffs of air. So you'll be virtually terrified as well. (laughs) It's going to be $3,000. Get back to me when you also have a climate control system on the exterior of the headset and make sure it's a temperate environment inside the goggles. Yeah. I want to go plant some goggles. Fucking care, Apple. Unless you're uh, virtually visiting Antarctica, in which case it kicks in its air conditioning and and blows cold <laughs> air on your eyeballs. <laughs> wow, it's drying me out just like the real thing. <laughs> <laughs> God, I am. Anytime you you fucking start talking like that. I now think about that fucking video that you showed me that I am a God. <laughs> I have the power. Of I have God. the power of God. <laughs> I had never seen that before last night and it fucking cracked me up. Oh man. It's a golden age shit post. I fucking love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we have gotten to the end of the podcast. I know we kind of touched on it a little bit uh, already, but uh, what uh, what games have uh, you gents been playing this week? I have been playing more Hollow Knight, predictably. Um, and also, I fired up Tycho after giving it a couple weeks rest. That's about it, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. oh, oh, no, uh, Gang Beasts with the roommates have continued. God, Gang Beasts is so great. Um, Super Beard Bros just did an F at Beard Bros in Gang Beasts, and it was one of their funniest videos I think I've ever seen. <laughs> it's it's great, although it it, it has uh, it, it has had had some pretty stupid bugs in the in the PS4 version we have. Like, uh, like people have gotten like stuck in doors. Oh yeah, uh, that they shouldn't even been in, been able to go the, into. The bugs like are that. part of the charm. Uh, there, oh, is it a feature? It is absolutely a feature. <laughs> you in, need a little bit of jank sometimes. I mean, it's it, anytime you've got a what's effectively a physics playground, you're gonna have that kind of jank. And uh, so, like in the episode of Beard Bros. Uh, Alex and Brett were the last two standing and, uh, uh, they were on the level with the weird meat tubes falling down and opening the, the platforms. 
And so a meat tube fell, hit Brett in the head, knocked him out, but also smacked his head into the wall uh, in just the right way where his head was stuck to the wall and he could not get pulled off of the wall. So Mm. which meant that Alex had to sacrifice himself in order to lose and continue the game. was a sacrifice not to be taken lightly i assume it was it was hilarious <laughs> um what about you dan what have you been playing uh, uh well i was out of town i spent a lot of time finally playing hades um which is a very very good fucking game it deserved all of the praise that it got absolutely it's still not my favorite in terms of combat for a roguelike i'd still got to give that to wizard of legend because the spell system in that was really really good mm-hmm. um but as far as the gameplay loop the writing uh yeah no th- that is the game that has best incorporated being a roguelike into actually telling its story and changing its mechanics like without question i don't think there's another game that's done it that well yeah, absolutely. Fully agree. Uh, what they managed to do with that game is super, super impressive. And they needed it after also, making Pyre because I'm Pyre was not lacking. super interesting. But. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it's also, you know, the way they portrayed a lot of those uh, Greek mythological figures is fun. Uh, you know, Dionysus is your cool bro who talks like this all the time, man. <laughs> And Poseidon being your uncle who's trying way too hard to be cool is also really funny to me for some reason. Um, <laughs> Hypno sounding a lot like Rob Paulson um, was kind of a surprise to me. Rob Paulson's the guy who did the original voice of Raphael in uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He also does oh, Yakko yeah. Warner and um, does uh, uh, the whiny best friend or the whiny friend in um, Jimmy Neutron, Carl. Oh, Carl Weezer. <laughs> yeah, Carl, Carl Weezer. Weezer. <laughs> so, uh, Hypnos sounds a lot like that voice actor. <laughs> Carl Weezer. A, a very, very sunny demeanor in yeah. the in the video game. Mm. That was definitely something that caught me off guard. I also love that he's asleep every time you come in. Yeah. Game's fucking great. Yeah, it is. Uh, I've been playing uh, uh, Super Mario 3D World uh, and uh, Bowser's Fury. Uh, it was uh, a lot of fun. And uh, Control on the PS5. And that's... Yeah, I I've, I forgot to uh, to mention that we got Control because of play, uh, PlayStation Plus. Oh, okay, so the uh, PlayStation 4 version was included in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have yet to fire it up, though, but I've watched Zeke play a little bit of it. Looks... Very cool. It is an incredible game. It is an absolutely incredible game. So being a, a, a psychic, you know, which is, you know, condemnable in the Bible and all that stuff. But <laughs> like, you know, the platforming is great. So, you know, I just uh, <laughs> once you uh, get levitation uh, in that game, the entire game changes. Ah, you can I just see. fly around everywhere. <laughs> There's no limitation to it whatsoever. We also there got... Not, um, there may not be any psychics in heaven, Brooks, but they share our platform and up there with Christ. 
Uh, we uh, we also got this uh, game, uh, Beholder Two. I uh, am vaguely familiar with Beholder. It's uh, it's miserable. I think you might like it, Dan. <laughs> uh, uh, no, you, you like play this uh, this guy involved in this like communist government plot thing where you work in in like an office of information kind of deal and have to submit uh requests for things um but then in the background there's all this other weird stuff you're doing like figuring out why your dad is dead and you have to like spy spy on people and it's 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 a lot of mental work it's fun okay yeah that does sound fucking awesome and it's like super bleak looking, so you know <laughs> I, I think you might enjoy this the style. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I think I have it, but I've never played it. It's uh, I I can't play it super late at night because it'll put me to sleep sometimes, especially filling out those forms. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it, it's crazy. Like like you're just just like reading boxes of text and like pushing buttons you know just mindless work like it's supposed to be in real life it's fun i love it <laughs> and on that note has, okay. no go ahead huh no end the episode fine it's over <laughs> thanks for watching and listening <laughs>